You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hey everybody, welcome to Phoenix on 2.5 FM, the Two Penny Channel, Nerd to Know Media, and of course, the WrestlingRewind.com. My name is Daryl Connor. Um, it's great to be back. Last week we didn't do a show because I had COVID. It wasn't fun, so I do apologize. Um, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by the one, the only, the undefeated one and all, Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? Just flying. Derek, good to see, good to hear you sort of a wee bit more clear and, and back on the mend and all that. And uh, don't feel too bad about missing last week's show. I think yeah. uh, by the time we would have been on, I think I was in a fair old state in the pub. So ah, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't <laughs> have been much used to it anyway. That's fair. No, I woke up and I was just like, I thought I had really bad hay fever and turns out it wasn't. Um, but no, it, it didn't hit me over the weekend. I was like, oh man, literally all I did for the weekend was, was lie on my side and play the switch. Oh, so that's God, my you advice. Bet, you can't that, bet that switch. No, look, as I said, that's my advice for anybody who ends up getting it. Lay on your side, play the switch, and you'll horse through a bunch of games. I, I played Scott Pilgrim. I finished, almost finished Scott Pilgrim, finished the Turtles game, and I'm almost finished Hades. God, you love them uh, beat-em-ups. Scott Pilgrim and the Turtles game, they're the same company, aren't they? I think so, but it's funny because Scott Pilgrim actually helped me get into Hades because it's the same kind of uh, see now that's that's kind of it, that's insulting because I have been at you for about a year. I know. Play Hades, play Hades. You love Hades. Uh, for any of our listeners who don't know, Dar is a big fan of uh, Greek mythology and stuff like that. Yes. And Hades is all about that. It's, no, you know what it was. It's the only reason Hades is the only reason I know half of Dara's references. This is fair. This is fair. But I mean, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It was the, the gameplay. So not, not to go into too much of tangent, but we will. Um, the gameplay loop is basically you die over and over again and build up your skill. Right. And every time you build up your skill, you go a little bit further because you're you're Hades son trying to escape. Basically, the underworld. Right. And every time you die, you don't really die because you can't because you're a god. You come back and you skill up. That's actually the exact same gameplay loop of Scott Pilgrim. So with the result, you got to keep. Oh. Yeah, so it's the same thing. Like the like, it's incredibly hard, um, and you got to keep building up these skills and stuff like that. And eventually, you beat the level. But in Hades, it, you, you just get a bit further. And I mean, when I I was able to get into that uh, gameplay mindset, it was a lot easier for me to actually like sit down and enjoy it. But the biggest problem I was having, man, was I was like, right, I have an hour to play a video game, and neither one of those games works like that they're grinding no. <laughs> and what's good is you can you can sit you can sit anywhere and do something else while playing the switch so i mean like if you're you know watching nitro or raw or uh dynamite 
you're like, oh, that match is kind of bad or whatever, and you're just going away in the switch compared to having to turn everything off or have it on another screen. What you know, it's it's a much better way to play it. So I mean, yeah, when I got COVID, I was like, I can't sit up straight. All I can do is lie on my side. I'll play the switch, and I just hockey through, and it was so it was a godsend. So thank you for the for your recommendation. Hades is one of those games that uh, I used to play. Well, I still obviously still play it, but I would play by going, um, "Oh, I'll have a wee hour of Hades before I go to bed." Literally, and then I and then I'd look up, and the sun would be coming in through the window. Um, it 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 is a bit of a demon though, because you're, you know, you don't even realize, as you said, what time it is, because you can you're just horsing through it, you know. But it's a very, very fun game. I, I really enjoy the different weapons you can get, like the shield and stuff. The, it, for what it is, I wouldn't be a big isometric dungeon crawler person. But this, just, would I. this just has something that just brings you back and back and back. It's great. It's and the world like, is great as well. Yeah, it's like a, the, the main reason I thought you'd like it is, as I was saying, because of the, the really go into detail they do. On, the, uh, on the Greek mythology. And I mean, I'm no expert, but it, by all accounts, they seem to have gotten like loads of stuff really right and really accurate, and you know. But I'm glad yeah. you're enjoying it anyway. No, no, I, I, I thoroughly am. I, I think it was a, a really good investment. Again, I, I got the switch kind of because just I was like, you know, I've been, I've been looking for a good handheld for about three years now at this point. Yeah, and just because I don't like Nintendo as a, you know, because I, I'm still bitter about the whole Sega War thing, right? Um. <laughs> It's only been thirty years, but you know, still. Um, but here, look, even even Sega has learned to forgive. Like the Nintendo Switch Online has all the Sega games on it. This now. is it as well. But even like you know, it just you have to get Dreamcast games on it. So like Igaruga is there natively. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll I'll get over it. But I mean, I sh- look. I'm 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 a Bret Hart fan since I was four years old. If I can watch wwe again <laughs> you can you can play nintendo but no i mean purely for the for the third party excuse me the third party stuff is great like natively yeah i have uh i didn't bother with pokemon didn't bother i got kirby because kirby's badass um and i got animal crossing because everyone's like you need to have an island i'm like all right i'll give it a go um but i mean like no pokemon no mario none of that None of that stuff. I'll, I'll tell you what was just me. released in it, and you've probably played it a hundred times because I know I have, but I bought it anyway. They've re-released uh, Portal One and Two. Ah, oh, on the Switch. On the Switch, literally yesterday re-released them. I think, you get them. I think you get them both for like thirteen euro, something like That's that. That's not bad. That's not, like I got um, Bayonetta, the two Bayonetta games. Oh yeah, for like. Now they were full price, but I got them in the sale. So I got for thirty euro. I got the two of them. I was like, "Ah, oh, it's brilliant." You know, what I mean, and a great thing. Bayonetta is another game where you're just sitting there. Like I, I've completed that game about three times. I have no idea what that game's about. <laughs> I have no idea. I just sexy naked witch. That's it. Who whips people with her hair clothes? Shoots, shoots angels <laughs> in the face. I don't know what it's about, but man, it's a lot of fun. And you just sit there and you're like, "Yeah, no idea what's going on," but it's a good game. <laughs> Anyway, good games. We have oh, a man. goddamn hell of a show here. So, guys, full full disclosure here. Um, we're going to take a break from our WCW timeline. We're like two two pay per views away from wrapping up WCW, and then we're going to do 
the last Nitro and the Raw simulcast. We're gonna, so that's four shows that, we're, that we have mapped out. After that, we're not really too sure. Uh, we will let you know when we know. Um, but tonight, we're going to talk about what is arguably being called one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. That might be hyperbolic. It might not be. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe all time might be a little hyperbolic, but not much. But for me, 100%, no questions asked, pay-per-view of the year. Now, here's the thing. So I didn't watch this live, obviously, because I was still, you know, in recovery. And um, then on Monday, I didn't watch it because I still didn't feel great. I didn't watch this until probably uh, Wednesday into Thursday. finished it yesterday. Um, so I was listening to a lot of what the Observer were saying. And I'm like, oh, no, it can't be that good. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, it actually is just... It's so much better than, than you expect it to be. But then again, it shouldn't be because it's New Japan and AEW. So, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen this before or anyone who hasn't um, been exposed to New Japan, you're missing out. I understand why New Japan is kind of hard to get into. I know it's hard. It is hard to find in Ireland, you know. Um, yeah. Hopefully this changes it because I, I do think AEW will probably end up not buying New Japan, but making it more available around the world because even AEW is still kind of hard to get over here outside the fight the fight app you know i i can see so firstly um not only uh in terms of the content was this pay-per-view amazing it did an unreal uh number in the arena like i think it was more than uh, over a million dollar gate completely sold out oh yeah but it's actually it turns out it's done a bloody great number on pay-per-view as well so i'm hoping that this is the start of like i know we've had the relationship between new japan and AEW for the past year or so but i'm hoping this is the start of this being a an annual show and i can see in the future uh in the same way that AEW is available on New Japan World in Japan. Mm. I can see in certain countries New Japan being available on a future AEW network whenever that surfaces. See, here's the thing. I mean, New Japan, it's it's been the biggest blocker um, for people watching it. I mean, um, Global Force Wrestling, if you remember that, um, they did. Jeff Jarrett actually did a pretty good job bringing uh, what's the kingdom what's the big pay-per-view called oh wrestle kingdom wrestle kingdom thank oh. you wrestle i just booked disneyland so all i all i have is magic kingdom in my head at the moment so it's not that <laughs> so wrestle kingdom uh <laughs> literally today I, I booked so that's all that's in my head at the moment um i could associate so you know wrestle kingdom was kind of brought to the mainstream and while it wasn't the best wrestle kingdom show ever it still was the show that broke a lot of barriers. And I feel this is kind of the same. For the first time, you had people who, now look, the average, average AEW fan knows what New Japan is. Fans of this show know, you know, how can you not? We're on the True Penny Network. I mean, that's that's James' <laughs> whole thing, right? Um, but, I mean, what would be cool about this is if this became a regular thing. Just say we're four years down the line. Forbidden Door 4 is on, right? They're on a major network. Well, they are on a major network, but I mean, a major network as in over here. Just say they're on Sky yeah. because WWE is on BT now, right? Just say they're on Sky. Somebody watches it and then they see all this New Japan talent. 
and immediately it becomes a thing. What is this thing? Because one of the really cool things that I really appreciate about this show was that no one was positioned as less than because they're from New Japan. And I mean, that's very important. And that's one thing from the start, from the start. This whole show was booked and measured so well that there were really no losers. Like, even the people who lost, they lost after these, whether they were AEW or New Japan, they lost after these incredible battles. I would say wars. (laughs) Absolute. And everyone came out of this better. Yeah. Literally everyone. And in particular, um, maybe some of the lesser known guys, uh, some of the newer guys, uh, we'll obviously we'll get to the um, the All Atlantic title match. I mean, talk about elevating somebody out of nowhere. Get an AEW crowd cheering for not not only a New Japan wrestler because he wasn't a star because it was uh, he was a replacement. They had uh, not only cheering for a New Japan wrestler, cheering for a New Japan replacement for who the the big name was supposed to be. I mean, mm. this was on every measurable level absolute success and that's it i mean you know when when you when new japan again does a show there is crickets sometimes when wwe does a show it's it's still like newsmaker when AEW does it it's a newsmaker this kind of brought new japan into that talking point where people would be like okay we know who these guys are now we've seen it we like this product it kind of fits in really well and I mean, I was I was sitting back, and again, I I would be a, I wouldn't be a, an AEW fan. I I would say, right? I'm not because I I don't keep up with the product nearly as much as you would. I don't keep up with the WWE product nearly as much as I don't think any someone gets paid to do it because you know that's punishment. <laughs> um, I mean, we do a show about wrestling that happened 20 years ago for a reason. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, when I was watching this and the reaction to it, it was like a WrestleMania. It was like a double or nothing. It was like they've done two double or nothings in the space of a month. It was incredible. It was, yeah. Uh, one of the great things about this is that AEW, particularly for Western people or English speakers, AEW is a great lens to view New Japan with. So I mm. love New Japan, obviously not to the level of James. Um, but uh, I watch the big shows, you know, I love the yeah. Rest- same. them look yeah. at g1 you yeah. know if um if there's something like windy city riot happening or if i hear that um that uh like archer or mox or kingston or someone is going to be on it i'll watch that but i don't watch it consistently because they're very they're very different approach they don't do like a, a weekly television show you know they build storylines in a different way obviously the language barrier is a big thing so i think if you're talking about New Japan expanded into the West. Uh, AEW is a brilliant prism to watch New Japan through. I agree. I agree. So pick up on the big stuff. You're gonna you're gonna relate it to stars you know about in AEW, but you're still gonna see what New Japan's all about, which is balls to the wall, hard hitting, strong style lads smacking the heads of each other. I mean, it from doing the True Penny show with James, I have a much greater appreciation for Japanese wrestling holistically outside of New Japan. So the 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 Yoshi wrestlers, you know, the the female yeah. wrestling is specifically. I mean, that's some of the best wrestling you'll ever see. 
and I mean, I, I would still maintain that. But oh, yeah. it, it, the reason why nobody has seen it is for all the reasons that you said. It's very, very hard to, to one find and very and too hard to understand. Luckily, if you're if you're subscribed to the True Penny Network, you guys will get guides because that's all they talk about. You know, they know exactly what's talk, and then you're able to go through it. You know, it really is. It's really cool. So I mean, going into this, I feel I felt much more prepared to actually be able to have a fair comparison to be like, right, what am I going to be in for? Um, you know, and, and what could happen? So with that said, let's get into it. Um, well, just just before we get into that, because I think we can skip the pre-show and just get straight into the, the, yeah. the main show. But yeah. just before we do, one other point I would say is that there's only one women's match on this show. Yeah, There's only one women's match on this show because New Japan doesn't have a women's division. They don't, no. But, like, you're talking there about the Joshi wrestlers and all that, and obviously the Joshi wrestlers, like, a lot of them either are in AEW or have sort of working contracts with AEW whenever they're in the U.S. I think that's the next step of this. I think yeah, I agree. AEW versus New Japan and stardom, I think yeah. that's, the, that's the next step. I mean, this is the thing. Forbidden Door, it could be one of two things, where it's, it's a, like... The, it's a shame they kind of jumped the gun with TNA because Forbidden Door could have been, you know, another one where they do it, you know, instead of having their shows, they have like Forbidden Door where they face off against a company once every, you know, or twice a year. Whereas like yeah. New Japan, um, AEW, uh, sorry, New Japan, um, Impact Wrestling or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting what they go forward with it, but yeah. well, it's it's not to say that Forbidden Door is New Japan exclusive. Like that's you say, the thing, Forbidden they didn't, Door uh, could be. You could have the top guys from uh, Impact show up once Ring of Honor gets back up and running again. You know, you could have the guys from Ring of Honor come in, and like we say, Stardom, um, hmm. AW has tenuous. It's not very strong, not like it is in New Japan, but they have relationships with. Um, can't remember the name, but the uh, wrestling company in China, I think is it Rising? I'm not sure what I they're called. But, but, you know, there there are international relationships there. And what's interesting as well, because of the fact that AEW own Ring of Honor, that's going to be something even stronger as well. Going for, like, it's... I have to hand it to, to Tony Khan and his business model. They really have kind of built up this force that's equal to WWE purely by its momentum, not its history, but by having by having these big names and these working relationships, it's getting very, very hard to ignore, which is what I was kind of would again, before I watched the show, I was like, right, what's the reaction going to be? Because I remember when we were working on TNA shows back in the day, the traffic to the websites would be terrible because nobody would care. This thing, the traffic for this was crazy. It really was huge. So, I mean, it's, I know it's worth bringing that up and people might not think it's relevant, but I mean, if you're not an AEW fan now, it's very, very hard to ignore because it is kind of where everything is happening. Yeah, know, I mean, like, way look, there's no denying the fact SmackDown is getting 2 million viewers. Raw is getting almost 2 million viewers every every week. Dynamite is nowhere near that. But if you go online, mm. if you talk to wrestling fans, the buzz all people are talking about. is always... Uh, and here, a lot of them are saying they hate it. A lot of them are giving <laughs> out about it. But the buzz is always AEW. That's yeah. always what the conversation... And even if you just talk WWE, if you're like, oh, no, oh, well, this happened on Raw, that happened on SmackDown, it'll 
somehow it'll always come around to, well, what about Dynamite? What about... What they should do is, I'll be honest with you, and it is the next step, and I do think AEW need to do it to be taken somewhat seriously over here. Um, they, they need... They need Get to on RTE. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I tell you, Virgin Media, who are a, who are a um, the competitor to RTE, that's a thing because I don't think they, they really are. I don't know how you can compete against stay own media, but they would be the second <laughs> biggest channel in Ireland, right? They run WWE. Can can they get on Sky? So they show, Sky, I don't, that, that, Sky over here shows WWE, doesn't it? it does, well, no, Sky through BT. Sky doesn't own WWE anymore, but BT channel does, yeah. But B- BT is pretty much in in Britain and Ireland. BT is pretty much Sky, is it? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah. But it's not so Sky, like, Sky. I mean. On the one hand, you'd have maybe Vince saying, because let's not forget, this is Vince who literally invented Survivor Series just so other cable companies wouldn't well, run. Well, here, Starcade. right? But this goes back to this goes back to the Monday Night Wars. That's why I bring it up. I remember watching Raw on a Friday, right? And and on Bravo, which would be Spike over here, you would watch. That's how you watch Nitro. On the Friday. So they actually rend them together at the same time. Years ago. And then there was the wrestling channel. If people remember that as well. Well that's how you watched your TNA initially. That's how you watched your. Um, your Ring of yeah. Honor. And all that kind of stuff. I mean. If I was Tony Khan. I would be like right. We need to get. We need to get some kind of UK based. Con- like television contract. Although to be fair. We I really mean, do. So, so they have ITV. I know that that's. Uh, like late on a Friday or Saturday, and but I actually get surprisingly good numbers. Mm. But the point is that, look, everybody now, not everybody, most people now have a smart TV. I pay three ninety nine a month, and for three ninety nine on Fight TV, I mm. get every episode of Dynamite, every episode of Rampage. Um, I know, obviously. Dark and Elevation are free on YouTube anyway, but you get them. You get yeah. if if they do any specials, you know your Battle of the Belts, your um, uh, Fight for the Fall, and that that's all included in that. I mean, and you get Impact as well. I yeah, I Im, Impact. I mean, I wouldn't be hugely inclined if they did come on Sky or any other channel. I wouldn't even be hugely inclined to watch it. Like Fight TV kind of suits me. Fair. I mean that's fair, and and that's just the. I don't know. I mean, I just, I just, I can't take it as seriously if that makes sense. Where because it's just not, it's just a thing that they just don't have. But if it's not relevant, and again, you're probably right. I mean, maybe I'm just stuck in the past. Um, it's just. I think not maybe relevant. it's. I think maybe it's our ages. You know, we we yeah. we grew up where like it was the it was the TV ratings, and that's what. That's what um, defined who won that week between Raw and Nitro. But, yeah. I mean, television has completely shifted. It's it's entirely different now. It's um, it's actually even kind of ludicrous when you see people talking about, oh, Dynamite's ratings or NXT ratings. It's like, it's no kind cares. of pointless talking about ratings because the way people view television has changed so much. Like it's, I, I, I mean, like, the, the only... The only thing that the only reason really why I would push for television is just for those eyeballs that might be flicking through the TV. That's the thing oh, yeah. that you're missing out on. And I mean, for example, I remember with Impact, you would talk to people at Impact or even wrestlers would say it. 
um, they'd be like, oh yeah, I wish people knew that I was still working. You know, and obviously that's not happening with <laughs> AEW now. But like, how many of the casuals are you, because the, the big thing that AEW needs, to, and New Japan have never done it because they just never had that exposure. The thing that AEW have to do now is they have to get that casual. They have to be, when you talk about wrestling, they come into the, to, to the casual person, you know, the person yeah. who still thinks WWE is called WWF, that they know. Well, well it's, you know. it's, it's, it's worse. P- people think pro wrestling. So people who aren't wrestlers, wrestling mm-hmm. fans, mm-hmm. people think pro wrestling is the, is WWE, which is exactly yeah. what Vince wanted. That's what his whole um, marketing has been about for 20 years has been making the two in fact not even making the two synonymous it has been mm. about replacing pro wrestling with wwe which to be fair to him even though he's violent evil uh <laughs> he has done extraordinarily well do you think it matters um look aw will start out with like air quotations the hardcore fans um i think it'll build buzz and and here's the thing, a good idea is a good idea. Like it'll it'll break out of the bubble, it'll catch people's imagination. And a good example of that is who who could tell you who were the top, you know, TNA stars or, or impact stars of ten years ago? Probably very few people. But I everybody would knows well you would. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knows broken Matt Hardy. Yeah. And like that is a good idea that worked well and that broke out beyond the the impact bubble exactly, because it was yeah. a good idea because it was well done and i think aw right now i think they have four or five broken matt hardys going at the minute you know you got the whole thing with mjf you got wardlow you got john moxley's back as the interim champion with mm. an eventual showdown with punk cm punk on the horizon you know you got the you got FTR, literally the hottest tag team in the world right now, FTR, and an eventual showdown with the Young Bucks, which I assume will be for all the belts. Like, mm. like AW is on fire right now. Absolutely. It's 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 crazy to think, but I just wanted to kind of get that out of the air, uh, out into the open before we, we start talking about it. So obviously this show uh, was the 26th, so last uh, last week. It came after double or nothing, and it was from Chicago, Illinois, um, the United Center. I wouldn't mind. It sucks because this crowd would have been red hot for CM Punk. And it seems like that's who he kind of built the show around. But obviously, he was injured, has a broken foot. So there was a tournament for the interim uh, AEW World Championship, of course, the main event being for the interim World Heavyweight title. So, Martin, look, well, you said, sorry, Martin. So you said we were going to skip the, skip the prelims. And Skip the pre-show. There just wasn't. I mean, it was all good. It mm. was four or five really good, fun matches. Wet your appetite, warm up the crowd, but nothing amazing. And yeah. frankly, everything from the main show started is is four stars and Correct. upwards. Um, the, what I would say is, and it's good you mentioned it there, but CM Punk's injury. The the truly amazing thing about this pay per view is that it. It was a, a five-star pay-per-view with one arm tied behind its back. Punk was injured. Danielson was injured. Mm. Um, a number of the New Japan wrestlers who were meant to be there were injured in the run-up to it. Like, this uh, 
this is a match that like you this is a uh, pay-per-view that you say was built around punk and somehow they brought in replacements and it's still amazing so what what's truly incredible about this show is that it was a five-star show with so much left on the table that's true and i, I mean in a sense it's good because it means they have unfinished business for the next one all of oh, people yeah. obviously coming back and picking up where they left off it actually sets up stories on both sides obviously the, mo- the most obvious oh, one would be moxley and punk but um i yeah, mean I, I, I thought tanahashi was gonna win the <laughs> win the title we'll get to that um we'll get to that <laughs> but i mean it, it it does it doesn't undervalue anybody as well which is great so i mean look i'm gonna let you take the lead on this um where do you want to start yeah i mean we'll we'll kick off just with match one because it makes chronological sense but also because it was an unreal opener so i mean trios matches is something of a specialty in AEW. why they don't have a trios title yet we'll never know um but I mean, this was just typically brilliant. Um, so one one thing they did uh, during it was uh, they showed a few New Japan clips of Chris Jericho when he was in New Japan and he was like a big star, and Shota Umino when he was sort of uh, up and coming, and Jericho <laughs> was treating him like crap. And that really, like that little clip alone, it was only a few seconds. That built up this whole. Uh, showdown between Jericho and Amino during the match and culminated in Amino putting Jericho in the, the walls of Jericho to which a crowd who I can only assume 90% of them before this match didn't know who he was blew the goddamn roof off the place um, it was great to see Sammy Guevara in a heel role where he's just not like where he's a wrestling heel, where he's not just shifting the face of Ty Conti. Not that I can blame him, who amongst us wouldn't. Um, and I mean then, Eddie Kingston. Just just Eddie Kingston. That's all you need to say. Eddie Kingston. I think the important thing as well, this is another one of those matches that actually tied into the future. Blood and, guts, blood and guts. The winning mm. team received the man advantage for it. So... What I liked about it, even though it made sense in the show, it wasn't like, oh, it's done now. It was like, no, this is actually setting up for a week, a month, a year down the few down in the future, which is just really refreshing to see. Um, I have to say, I agree with you. Jericho looked fantastic again. <laughs> I can't believe he's as old as he is because he's still he's- going out there and killing it. And and looking great. I I'm I'm thirty six years old and I wouldn't bloody stand next to Jericho with me top off. No, neither would I to be honest with you. Um <laughs> but I mean he re he reinvents himself to such an extent that he's working this less frantic style, but more he he's found this like obviously the older they get the more kind of brawly they get. I yeah. don't think that has made him miss a step. They were still able to tell a great story in this. And again, Eddie Kingston for me is the, is the standout. Um, he's just... I don't know what they've done to Eddie Kingston, but he's just brilliant. He's I'm telling just you, man, brilliant. Last year, I was like, Eddie Kingston for either the tag title or the TNT title. Get it on him. This year, I'm like, screw it. Eddie Kingston, world champion. 
I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, like, I haven't seen Blood and Guts yet. I'm interested to see what's going. You either one of us haven't seen it. Uh, honestly, Dara, I haven't seen it, and we had a. The listeners won't know due to the miracles of editing, but we had a <laughs> slight break there, and during the break, I flicked through my phone, mm. and I just briefly saw a GIF of Claudio Castagnoli on the roof of the Blood and Guts too. cage. Yeah, I saw that too. Doing the 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 big spin to somebody, I didn't see who it was, but as soon as I saw it, I panicked, closed the phone down, and yeah, I'm I'm very eager to <laughs> to, to finish this and get back to the town. <laughs> well, look, you know, I'm I'm pretty much the same as you. I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what it's like. I've seen a bunch of a bunch of gifts. I've seen a bunch of cool things, but I did like the way it all kind of makes sense. You know, it's all kind of tying together it doesn't insult your intelligence and even on something like this high concept show which to be fair should fail hasn't so that it was a great way to start off got the crowd nice and hot as well which is really important sorry yeah and i think one of the things about it is like you were saying it has led on to many other storylines it has led, Mm. led on to much um some other feuds and and different confrontations and that but it has also drawn a line under the New Japan thing. Because yeah. in order to keep Forbidden Door uh, special, we need to not see anybody from New Japan for, for the next while. Yeah. You know, Frankly, we need to not see anybody from New Japan until the build of this next year. I agree. I agree. Because, look, if everything is five stars, nothing is. Exactly. And that's the one takeaway here. They need to kind of realize what's going on and i mean i think the next forbidden door if they do do one would probably be forbidden door ring of honor we have ring of honor guys come in i mean that would be smart but we'll see right the next then and and like we say hopefully hopefully ring of honor will be up and running at that stage the ring of honor titled will be more than just you know something somebody has the next match um I kind of got a bit of t- TNA, bad TNA flashbacks, so forgive me. <laughs> Three-way winner-take-all tag team match for the Ring of Honor belts and the I, uh, G- IWGP tag team belts. When I see this, I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? But the difference here was FDR were in there, United Empire were in there, and Robaconda Vice, uh, Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. Uh, look, the right team won. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, FDR. Oh. If they didn't win, it would have been criminal. Th- this but, is genius. But the match was spectacular. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of United Empire than I have. Um, both those they, guys. They are. I don't. I don't know if Jim Ross just likes them, or if this is something that AEW's doing purposely. But mm. they are putting Jeff Cobb over massively in a huge way there and i mean rightfully so he's incredible this huge intimidating force and that finishing movie does is just that tour of the islands it just doesn't make sense it, just, it makes no physical sense it's incredible well, I, you know i really like great O'Connor. he's the one who i was more kind of focused on i mean he has this crazy look looks like a psychopath goes in there they work really really well together um I don't know, it's just, at no point was I bored. I mean, I didn't know either one of these guys before watching this show. And I came out going, I want to see these guys wrestle more. 
Again, FDR yeah. won. If, if any other team had a won, it would have been a criminal. But still. Yeah, well, I mean, if if Rapongi Vice had a won, <laughs> what if a criminal? Imagine. If, if, if uh, United Empire had a won, I mean, I can see how there would be maybe some storyline benefits to that. Um, You know, but like we were saying earlier, you kind of want to draw a line under the New Japan thing for the next while. But what was the true stroke of absolute genius of this match was on a pay-per-view absolutely plagued with injuries uh, Dax Harwood faked a, a walk into the back thing now 99 times out of 100 when someone does a you know fake injury walk to the back oh my god my tag team partners out there on their own you can see it a mile away you can call it you you know that the the big rescue is coming down the line in fact the the exact polar opposite of this was last year when they had the um the uh, ladder match for the tnt title when cody went off back when cody was an aw wrestler um when he went off backstage with the, the injured shoulder and then came back and everybody booed him because they all knew he was coming back. This was the polar opposite of that. Whenever Dax went off injured, I mean, the crowd was terrified. Everybody on Twitter was going, oh my God, is this real? What, what What's going on? And when he came back, the roof came off the place. This was booked to perfection. And that's what you want. You want that, you want the crowd buying into it. You know, and I mean, you don't get pops like that all the time. You really don't. Um, but then again, I mean, yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm going try. I'm there trying to put uh, punch your holes in, and I can't. It was a great <laughs> moment. It really was. The crowd that's, went nuts. That's, that's that's the thing of this whole pay per view. It's like I'm sure there's you know because Twitter's so tedious and divided. Like. I'm sure there's people who are trying their best to punch holes in this. You paper, can't. I'm trying. But it was so solid that everything was just brilliant. The pacing of it as well. The matches, the matches weren't super long, which was really nice. Um, there was only one like really, really long when that's later on. But I mean, two really, really strong tag based matches with a lot going on, a lot of stipulations. Not in the match itself, but uh, not stipulations. Sorry, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, consequences and storylines and that, and it was good. It was very good. Yeah, and and in terms of them being three ways, fatal four ways, not fatal four ways, four ways tags. Mm. You know, there 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 was only a couple of um, I think there was only maybe four singles matches. Yeah, on the whole thing, um, which is I don't know something personal. I don't like to see. I like my singles matches, but again, uh, four hours. Uh, the guts of five hours, if you include the, the pre-show, um, pre-show mm. flew well, by, absolutely flew by. And it's for matches like the next one: Pack, Clark Connors, oh. Miro, and uh, Malachi Black. This match, it was for the inaugural AW All Atlantic Championship. Unbelievable! Yeah. I wanted Malachi Black to win or Miro, but to be fair, Pack, absolute behemoth for a small wee behemoth, but still a behemoth. Um, well, unreal. But well, here's the thing about this match was that um, Pack Miro Malachi, it was it was win win win. No, no yeah. matter who won this, I was going to pop for them. Now yeah. the fact that it was Pack, I, I I I'm a particular fan of Pack. I think he's been 
since AEW started, he's been amazing. Mm. Uh, he obviously was hit fairly hard with the uh, pandemic and not being able to travel and all that, uh, which is a shame because prior to that, he had a knockout win over Kenny Omega. He had a 30-minute Ironman draw, or was supposed to be a draw, and then it went uh, extra time or whatever with Omega. Like, Pack was on the up and up before the pandemic, and I think this is brilliant. Now we've all had our laughs over the uh, the All Atlantic Championship, even though half the countries in it are in the Pacific. <laughs> um, but if they make this the workhorse title, yeah, like if this is the title where that where the real workers go to beat the living hell out of each other, I mean, I can see this really really succeed because I, I didn't think AEW look, had space for but, another but look to be anybody that anyone that says that WDB had a European championship where I think three Europeans won it so yeah <laughs> come on like. yeah the US title like you know it's silly it is silly but yeah. I mean look the belt looks great speaking of the belt uh, I think this this match and this to be fair even maybe this division is set up to get packed to rehab him up to to where he needs to be up to where he was before and um yeah man i agree i think if this is default setting of this division we're in for a good time oh yeah and and one of the great things that this uh, match did and again it's a microcosm of the whole event was um clark connors who was the new japan replacement well, i can't remember who was supposed to be in there but um clark connors was the guy who lost to the New Japan guy who was supposed to be in there. So he didn't come in with any big fanfare. He wasn't a big name. People didn't know him, but he used the opportunity. He fought like hell. He took a hell of a beating. And there was actually a point in this match where you had three of AEW's, like, not just top guys, but real fan favourites. And the crowd was actually cheering for Clark Connors. Like, like I say, it's a microcosm of the whole show. Nobody came out of this a loser. No. And I mean, I think that's important. It, again, it, we're going to say it again. It, it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show. Every single person was here to perform. And every single person was here to prove a point, And they did. And none other, we talked about this before we went on air as well. None other than the man called Sting. <laughs> In the next match, Dudes with Attitude, which is such a lame name, I, I adore it so much. Well, uh, I, I actually had to look it up. Apparently, Sting had a team in like he the did. Yep. 90s called Dudes with Attitude. That's why I appreciate it, because it's amazing. It's proper Sting. Defeated the Bullet Club of El Fantasmo, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. In a uh, six-man tag team match. So this, you know, on its face, I wasn't expecting much. But we talked about it before we went on. Martin, what did you think of this one? Well, here was the thing. You got Sting in there. You got Darby Allen in there. You got Shingo Takagi in there. And El- I'm not hugely familiar with El Fantasmo, but um, by all accounts, a hell of a wrestler. So, and, and the Young Bucks. This was never going to be bad, right? So this this had a, a floor on it of about three and a half stars without even trying. But the music started. The place went black. Sting's music played. He couldn't be anywhere to be found. A light shone up 
way, way, way into the rafters and a figure in black and white appeared. And then out of nowhere, the lights came on and Sting was on the the top of the entranceway, like not on the ramp, up on the the actual entranceway structure uh, and dived off onto uh, the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo. And I mean, that was it. That was it. That alone is is an amazing match. Um, But it started with that, with 62-year-old Sting doing a 12, 15-foot dive (laughs) onto the ramp. And it only escalated from there. This and was, was... It, 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 how funny is it though that like at the same time you're watching Sting been used at his worst, and Sting been used at his best. It's, Twenty it's, years removed from each other. Well, it's mental because he Sting pulled the absolute same stunt at Double or Nothing. I don't mean the same stunt in terms of a Dave. I mean the same stunt in terms of being a sixty-two-year-old man who comes out and steals the goddamn shit. Yo, like he's he is somehow still in his 60s not just valuable to AEW in terms of a name or in terms of like the backstage he is a commodity for AEW he's the commodity always has been I mean look you can't say best ever until someone has finished their career at this stage Sting will finish his career in his 70s my god (laughs) Sting is in the running for best ever. Yeah, always ever. have been. That's why oh, he, he always has been. But now he's been. Nobody expected him to keep it going in his goddamn sixties. This is fair. This is fair. And I mean, I think this is why people got so upset when he was in the federation because they didn't yeah, know him. They didn't know him. You know. And I mean, I think well, this is. And then they broke his neck. And then he broke his neck. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, sorry. Side note. When I I remember hearing about that match, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? There's only one match this thing needs to have, and he never had it. So everything else now is just great. It's not mental. Yeah. And the worst part is that Undertaker at the time wasn't at his best either. So the two of them could have had a really good character, yeah. a very safe physical match. Yeah. You know? I don't know why they did what they did, but they did it. And if, if one thing AEW has done, like, I mean, there's lots of things WWE do well. Lots of things New Japan do well. Lots of things AEW do well. But my God, AEW is miles and miles ahead of anyone else in showing how to use legends, how yeah. to use wrestlers who That's are true. huge name value, but not peak ring condition. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and that goes into bringing in Claudio Castanoli. He's oh. nearly on that point where He's all used up, or his best year. And his best years maybe been behind him, but that match he had to say it with with Zack Saber Junior. Sensational, unbelievable. Like I mean, look, if, look, I'm a big fan of Zero. Always have been. Right, he can go in and have one of the best matches on any card at any night. His best years are behind him, but then he goes and does that. Well, well, here's the thing about Cesaro. So he's what? He's 41. I, I think it's even a stretch to say his best years are behind him. He He's such a machine. But those injuries him. are going to start racking up, and that's where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah. I and, mean, and I will say... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, this is a man who built his career feud with Nigel McGuinness. 
They didn't go easy on each other. They killed each other. And then he went to the WWE where he still managed to have those matches killing lads. And now he's in AEW. So, I mean, I'm like, yeah, he's 41. Looks, you know, but he looks about, you know, 51. And his body, you know. Has and and here's the thing is, so you're, you're kind of trading one for another. So WWE has this ridiculous touring circuit you know people have to be on the road all the time blah blah and even though they're not having great matches like injuries just mount just being in the ring is just it's dangerous now aw doesn't have nearly that level of touring but when you get in the ring they expect you to put on a goddamn banger so i mean which is better for injuries we don't know it's hard to say but yeah i i can see how you could be concerned that um you know maybe in a year or two maybe he's gonna have to do an omega maybe he's gonna have to take a year off and but here's the thing is they've got such a big roster you know i mean that's it you know it's it's all about finding that balance and i think cesaro i've got to see him wrestle a bunch of times because as i said he's always in the house shows i don't know why he's always in the house shows but always was i think it is just because he's a machine i would rather have one of these matches every couple of months than seeing Cesaro at house shows. Hundred percent, hundred. Like one of the great things about um, AW deciding that they were only going to do TV. I think it's a similar decision WCW made in the nineties. Was that you're packing up your whole gear, you're driving all over the back arse of the US. And yeah really wasn't paying off and even if it was making a profit it wasn't worth it in terms of wear and tear on the wrestlers wear and tear on the gear um in mounting injuries and the fact that especially nowadays i mean it's tv you know and why would you have your wrestler do something amazing in front of four thousand people when you could have them do something amazing in front of a million on television it's like there also is the logic as well that they use house shows to iron out mm. spots and to work matches and stuff. But here's the thing: the major difference between WWE and AEW is AEW is where you go to work, where workers go to work. Yeah. WWE isn't, and I mean that's the difference. There's no point. Like FDR don't need to go in and have matches. <laughs> they no. already know how to do it. You know. They, you know. <laughs> FTR don't need FTR don't well, need to be like doing a circuit with like the ass boys or anything, you know. Exactly. It's it's like you know, I pick out Pack, Malachi Pack, Derby, uh, yeah. the Bullock. I mean, these are all worker workers. They, they go in yeah. and they 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 already you know know what they're doing. It's it's very much different. So I mean, seeing Claudio Castanoli wrestling as Cesaro in the house show. I'll be honest with you. While it's cool to see him. The only you only pop for the match, and then after that, it's the swing and the the European uppercut, and that's about it. This match was very similar to what you'd see a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember in NXT, uh, the two L three falls match. That was probably one of the best matches I've seen from WWE in decades at that point, and this topped it. Like Zack Saber, Zack Saber Junior. Obviously, is is fantastic, but um, yeah, man, not match of the night. But definitely a standard and a cool pop to see because everyone knew Cesaro was going there. But still, but honestly, uh, it's a shame it's, that it wasn't with Daniel Bryan. This show, it's hard to say it. Like, what was match of the night? 
It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's genuinely hard to say because it started off with that amazing trios match, and th- there was nothing in between that was dud. Like, so we have the uh, we have the women's world championship match next. That was really good. Probably not match of the night. But then you have yeah. Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy. Absolutely justifiable claim to call that match of the night. And then there's six more matches after it, and every single one of them could be match of the night. You know, it, it, I mean, that's what make this made this pay-per-view so um, outstanding, is that it's just, like, people aren't arguing whether it was good or bad. People are arguing what the best part of it was. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, I would... Look, if that's the way you want to watch wrestling, cool. But, I mean, <laughs> this is the thing that you kind of... I, I like the way I watched it. I watched it in two parts. So I was actually able to, you know, enjoy it. Again, I, look, fair play to the crowd. I would have been burned out about halfway through this. Because it's so much of a good thing, you know. But, again, it's so much of a good thing. It's almost the perfect wrestling show. But I think that's why, and I know we skipped over it, but no, we're going to go back. Why we're going to the, the women's match now. Oh no, no, I don't mean that. I mean, I think that's why the um, the pre-show right. was three stars, two and a half stars. I think that because they didn't want people to be going in having seen. I think there's five matches in the pre-show. It was yeah. Like I, th- I don't think they want people going in having seen five amazing matches already. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that's just. You know, that's just, I mean, I'm not one to quote uh, Jim Cornette very often, but uh, Cornette says, um, if I'm going to start a wrestling company, give me 20 really capable guys and two absolute stars. Because mm. there's no point in having 20 top guys. Fair, because then none of them are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's you know? part of the problem that AEW has, because AEW has... AWs is a very, very definite line between the up and comers and the top guys. Yeah. Uh, that will level itself out eventually. Like I think having oh, yeah. that workhorse belt being that, that final breaking point before they go up to the world title, let's say, that's gonna be more and more pronounced as it's as it's going on. And I, look, Pac again, Pac's run is probably gonna be that where it's like, yeah. I'm the guy gonna beat everybody and then go up and, and challenge. Like Hangman never shook me as the top guy, I'll be honest. Um but Pac I, I think I think the thing with Hangman is that um Alright gang, that's gonna do it for the Phoenix Event segment. If you're listening to this on the podcast, the show will continue after this break. If you're not and you're listening to this on Phoenix 92.5 FM, thank you for joining us live. Go over to Nerdsnow Media right now, nerdsnowmedia.com, and get the rest of the show. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Check it out now. See you next week here on Phoenix 92.5 of them. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdsnowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media Radio Network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. I think the thing with Hangman is that I am. I think he was hampered by a lot of other things.
But well, yeah. But I see this Hangman title run. Mm. I I see that akin to. Remember Bret Hart beat uh, Ric Flair for the world title and nobody yeah. saw it because it was yeah. in like a house show and then released on VHS yeah. Yeah. like a year, year later. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the most baffling thing in the world when you think now, like Bret Hart versus Ric Flair for the world title and Bret Hart wins his first. Like how is that not a massive? But it just wasn't. I, I kind of see Hangman's title reign as that. I see that as his first kind of... Uh, sophomore or rookie reign mm. i think there's huge things huge things for him in the future that's the thing but what i'm saying to you is i uh, actually that's a very good comparison i mean you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth i think he will get there but oh, adam yeah. but uh, he's not adam cole baby. he's not okada baby yeah <laughs> he's you know and th- this was really shown in, in the fate of four way for the IWGP, where you're like, well, okay, he has a long way to go. But we'll get to that in a second. So look, Turner Rosa and Tony Storm. I love Tony Storm. I think she's great. Um, I love so Thunder Rosa, and I think she's great. Thunder Rosa's also great. <laughs> um, but these two together, I wish there was more of the women wrestling on this card, or in AW in general. At a certain level, because as you said, they're they're bringing in all the Yoshi wrestlers on dark, but yeah, not on yeah. the main card. So I mean, what you were but, saying about the sorry, what you were saying about the trios championship? Hold off on the trios championship, build your women's division, then bring in the trios championship, and that's what I would do. I mean, that's the only criticism that I would have on this. Tonda Rosa and Tony Storm had a phenomenal about eleven minute match. I just wish there was more. <laughs> because I look yeah. around, you're like. Jesus, where's all the women? You know, it's like, it's yeah, like, no, that, like just, you know, it's mad. Like, that's really fair. Now, the, the only thing I would say is now, there are 100% genuine criticisms about AEW and its women's division in general, right? I mean, sorry, Britt Baker was there. Where was she? <laughs> She's the most well, over person in the company. Like, well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's genuine criticisms about AEW's women's division in general. Yeah. Specifically relating to this pay per view, the problem is that New Japan doesn't have a women's division. Yeah. So there was there was nobody true. there was nobody for AW to put Burt Baker up against. You yeah. Couldn't put yeah. Burt Baker up against you know Okada or Ibushi or you know she'd probably be really good though. <laughs> she'd probably be amazing. But yeah. that, that's why I said earlier. Yeah. I think the future of this is. AW on one side and then New Japan and Stardom on the That's other side. That's a good show. I mean, Star, yeah, Stardom. What you, the... what you could do is they have a whole thing where they do that angle in Japan, where the women come in and are like, "Hey, we want to be represented." Yeah, and they join up and then they go together. I mean, that would be cool because I don't think that's ever been done before. Again, uh, James is probably screaming at the this phone, going, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" <laughs> But, uh, say every time we mispronounce a name or something, James has got a wee book that he's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, man, I I, yeah. I mean the Japanese women's division, I think that, that that was the only missed opportunity. But again, this is the first show. You know, it, it's it's not like they've been doing it for ten years and they just never. I think they will get there eventually. And I mean, when you see how good the women's division is in Japan. It's out of this world good. And it always has been. I mean, if 20 years ago it was out of this world. Stardom, world. like I say, I'm I'm a very 
very occasional watcher of stardom. Yeah. But uh like all I ever hear is that they're they're putting on the best matches in the world right now. I believe um, it. Like I say, so genuine criticism of AEW's women's division, completely fair. I think just specifically in relation to this pay-per-view, I think it's to do with the fact that New Japan does not have a women's division. So mm. the fact that AEW even went and put on, you know, their uh, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm match, I think, I think that was them signaling that even when there isn't a women's division, we yeah. know there are problems and we yeah. have a commitment to the women's division and we're going to make it better. In terms of the match itself, like you say, brilliant, bloody yeah. great. Like they have incredible talent there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Will Osprey defeated Orange Cassidy by pinfall for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship in, like, I mean, look, Orange Cassidy is not someone I would go, he's the worker. His gimmick is hilarious. <laughs> Will Osprey, probably one of the best in the world, like, legitimately. Uh, a talent beyond comprehension until you see him. I have, I have the distinction of having... Uh, wrestled on a show that Will Ospreay was on. Oh, man. I mean... I, I, did, re- I, did, I didn't wrestle him. <laughs> now, if you did, fact, that would be hilarious. It's just like, not fact, only do you have a 1-0 and all in MMA, you have like, what about <laughs> Will Ospreay? I'm like, better career than punk. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't even properly wrestle on the match. It was, it was a, uh, I think it was a Halloween show and I came out dressed as um, Leatherface. Actually, I was leading, who was I leading the ring? I was leading Jimmy Havoc to the ring. So that's a bit, uh, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, he, dro- he, he dropped me with the uh, whatever move it was. Um, but I was on the card <laughs> with, with Will Ospreay. We'll just say you wrestled on the card and you have yeah. one over punk again. <laughs> I won over punk, <laughs> and we're both out injured at the moment, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, so we've got to touch on this the four way for the IWGP heavyweight championship, Jay White, uh. Adam Adam Cole, Adam Page, and Okada. So look, JY obviously showed up um, a little while ago. He's in uh, in Impact, and that was kind of his. So he's kind of kicking ass over in Impact. Uh, what what did you think? I mean, I enjoyed this match quite a quite a big deal. They brought in a lot of the a lot of the um, Bullet Club stuff. Touched on kind of what they were doing. Um, in impact, but as far as a, a straight match, if the, I would have personally preferred Okada versus um, either Adam Cole or Jay White. Uh, look, personally, no question. Uh, th- this, in terms of being a fan, this should have been a one-on-one. Yeah. Um, I think like, one look, of the problems. Sorry, one, encounter... one second. Just one oh, yeah, second. I was going to say, not because it wasn't great to see the four lads out there having a good time and putting on a hell of a show. It took away, I don't want to use the word believability because that's stupid to use in wrestling. Um, away from the prestige. That's it. That's exactly it. That's it. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I wanted to get at. I mean, if it had been Jay White versus Okada, awesome. Jay White versus Adam Cole, Unreal. Even uh, and then, but then again, it's like okay, well, why? Who's getting the high book? And so I, I get why they did it, but a one-on-one match here for that belt should have felt more right to me than a fatal four-way. I hate fatal four-ways. 
period. Oh, I'm 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 a hundred percent with you. Look, this was always going to happen in terms of when you have an uh, interpromotional show because you know politics are always going to come into it. Well, look, it 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 was fine with the the All Atlantic Championship because I mean those guys were together. I don't think anybody was made to look worse. Everyone kind of came out on top. Yeah. With this though, but, you but have this is. Yeah, this is this is the yeah, this is the world title. Yeah, New Japan. I it's mean, not even the world title. It, sorry, it's a more important title. I'm gonna say this: it's a more important title than the AEW title. It well, means yeah. more. It it definitely has yeah you know greater lineage and um although I have to say I'm not a huge fan of the new uh divas design of it. Yeah, it looks uh, pretty cacked, doesn't it? <laughs> but <laughs> in but theory, I I a hundred percent get what you're saying. Uh. Frankly, any one of these as a singles match would have been amazing. White yeah. Cole, White Page, White Okada, Okada Page, Okada Cole, like uh, White uh, Page, like, a- any of these mix-ups would yeah. have been incredible. Um, what's going to happen when you get these interpromotional matches is you're going to get politics. You're going to get mm. our top guy can't lose to your top guy. And if he does lose, he can't lose in a clean and a straight one-on-one match aw and wwe aw and new japan both don't do you know your bullshit your count out your dq your run-in they don't do any of that stuff so no. this had to have a finish so the i mean like i'm 100 percent with you i would love the one-on-one and a clean finish but this had to i think this is the only way that this show was ever going to happen I, I yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it is one of those things where you're like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I I'm willing to accept that. Another thing as well, I really wish Finn Balor was here. This show seems like it was a Finn Balor. <laughs> it's just that's who was missing. It was missing what, AJ and Finn Balor. <laughs> what do you think? Is is Finn like a like a, um? I can't think of his name now. The King of Strong Style. Oh, um, oh God. Um, well, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Nakamura. Nakamura. Nakamura, yeah. Is yeah. he like Nakamura in that he's he's done his critically acclaimed wrestling and now he's just happy to get paid? And See, Nak- no, Nakamura makes sense because he's done everything. Finn hasn't. I mean, I, if I was him, I would put on a mask, call myself something else. And just show up and be like, can I just wrestle here? Because, I mean, it seems like a show that's exactly designed for him. But funny and, enough, Owen Hart actually did that. <laughs> Owen like Hart threw a mask on and went and wrestled for WCW for a while. Yeah, it's like, who's going to know? You know, I mean, I don't think they'd say no. Because, like, all of his mates are there, even just to hang out with everybody. Because it's just, that's what it seems like, you know? Um, oh, man, I don't but know. Look, obviously, one of the sort in terms of the match, this was brilliant like yeah it was. both would have loved the singles but this yeah. was incredible you have four amazing and i mean genuinely amazing workers in there turn a hell of a match obviously the story of the match is um at some stage adam cole suffered uh, a really rough concussion and the match yeah. kind of ended with a whimper he just kind of the finish, fell over the, yeah the finish was supposed to be something completely yeah. different although but, yeah what i would say is I mean, two things. One, in terms of real life, that's really good. I, I'm glad that you can be in a match and realize you're not well and not have to 
got it out to the end. You know, you can go, look, something's happened to me here, just pin me. And two, in any real fight, I mean, real fights end like this. Real fights end with a whimper. Real fights end with someone getting a shot that 20 or 30 seconds later, like the uh, the minute it lands, they don't realize the effect it's had on them. You know, so. Yeah, and I mean, like the second Blade Runner on Okada, and, you know, I mean, like, I would have been more shocked if it had happened on Cole again, you know, him being injured. Yeah. So it was kind of like, uh, okay, well, we took Okada out, let's go pin. I mean that made sense, but it was it, that's that's the bad that's like again it wasn't his fault because he got a concussion and obviously he probably didn't know what planet he was on. But I mean at this point it's kind of like the unfortunate thing because that's how these multi man matches kind of end sometimes where it's just like okay we did our big spot on the threat and then the other guys line there and they get the pin. And it doesn't make Cole look weak. It just it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I, don't, I like here's the thing is now. Because of the internet, fans are completely up to date on what's happening yeah. behind the curtain. So yeah. it doesn't make Cole look weak because everybody will know he had a legitimate injury, a legitimate yeah. concussion. And he had to end it, yeah. Um, frankly, it'll make him a it'll get him a bigger pop when he does come back. Absolutely. Because people are like again, he's he's great, you know, it's it just sucks because I really like Adam Cole. <laughs> I, I re- like he's not dead like <laughs> yeah I mean it's just, it's, it's unfortunate because like again we have Punk Danielson Cole all injured well you know look, maybe maybe this is I mean not for the best but the fact that they have such a big roster mm. you know this means that other people can come in now yeah. while while those guys are away and then when those guys so so they have their they can build their storylines around newer guys and then when those guys come back you got instant challengers you got instant champions you got instant you know uh i mean i'm no booker but um i just i don't uh i don't worry for the future of AEW. speaking of which did you know that the guy who was with jay white guido is actually the booker of new japan wrestling no i didn't know that yeah he was he's been the booker since uh 2010 See, there's so much I don't know about, yeah. about New Japan. Like, not even just in terms of the. So, like I say, I watch the the big shows, your Wrestle Kingdom, your G1, that kind of thing. But culturally, because it's so different, mm. there's so much I don't know about it. It's kind of fascinating. I like my. So, for my say, I went from being, you know, five six years old to where I am now. My mm. absolute top ten wish has gone from being live at WrestleMania number one to where now it's number one being live at an AEW pay-per-view because they're all brilliant. Right. Number two, being live at Wrestle Kingdom. And then number three is is WrestleMania. Yeah, and no, I agree. I like WrestleMania has kind of dropped a lot in its prestige. I think you know Wrestle Kingdom is a lot better. But then again it's six grand to fly to Japan. My God. <laughs> so <laughs> It's gonna have to wait. <laughs> have to have to explain that to Hannah somehow. Yeah, that's that's it's gonna be a lot of explaining. Like I even explain it to myself. <laughs> right. Finishings off here. We have John Moxley, the returning John Moxley, oh. with William Regal defeating Tanahashi for the oh. AEW Championship. Now, this was a war. It's I would say returning because John Moxley kind of hasn't been in the the main event picture in a while. Um. But he was 
he defeated Kyle O'Reilly to get into the to get to the in qualifier. A, in a great match. Exactly, Tanahashi defeated Goto for the same a match, thing. which everybody knew that Moxie was winning, but yeah. somehow they still made a hell of a match out of it. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what you want. You want to be able to have that believability, you know, suspension of disbelief, that's a better word, of wrestling, where you know it's scripted, you know what's going to happen, but you're still entertained and surprised by it. This match was kind of like that for me. I knew Mox D was winning. I knew there was no way he wasn't winning. But Tanahashi, again, you're still kind of like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, maybe. I, I had it in my head. That Tanahashi was winning. Really? So FDR won the IWGP tag titles. Punk is out, but he's not out so long that he would relinquish the title, which made me think that maybe his injury is bad, but not like it's more three months than six months or nine months. Uh, and I had it in my head that Tanahashi was going to win the interim title. It'll be a massive shock. It'll be a huge news story. And then in eight or ten weeks, Punk would show up to do the showdown with Tanahashi. Yeah. And I mean, also, it's Tanahashi. Like, he's just never ruled But again, out. I expected that. I genuinely expected it. I thought we were going to get something similar to it. And that's why if Tanahashi had won, I would have been like, yeah, I mean, Punk comes out. I want my belt back goes off to Japan, has some matches, it benefits everybody. Same thing with Moxley though, comes back, fights Moxley, clashes the Titans, I don't think we've seen that match, I don't, we haven't seen that match in WWE, I don't think, because the Shield showed up after Punk left, or just in and around the same time. Yeah. So I don't think we really got to see that much, because I know uh, the Shield was supposed to be Punk's henchmen initially. And then yes, that's changed. right. So, I mean, we probably would have seen it if things had been a little bit different, but we just didn't. So, I mean, it, Punk versus Moxley is one of those matches where you're like, well, let's see what goes on. But it was great to see Moxley, as much as I like his garbage wrestling, which is cool. <laughs> but he's not, he's not even, like, he does the, the brawling and the hardcore and the bleeding and all that, but he's an incredibly sound wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, like, and that that's what I enjoyed like, about this. You don't, I was, you don't go in and do garbage wrestling against Tanahashi. That's it. And that's what I'm saying. As much as I enjoyed his garbage wrestling, the thumbtacks, the barbed wire and the glass and the, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's fun. But I mean, going in and having an 18-minute classic with Tanahashi, I mean, like, look, Tanahashi could probably have a great match with, like, a broom, right? Probably yeah. has. Yeah. But <laughs> still is not taking anything away from what Mox did. It was... Fantastic! Had a really great the 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 finish end uh, sequence was was brilliant. Again, very by the numbers, but still was really really good. I mean, I, I know the, the finish know. was very by by the numbers, but the what really got me was the false finish beforehand. Yes, that's what I mean. That, little, that like little the sequence choke was yeah. Oh my god! This it was, was so the finish came when there was a bull choke, right? Uh, escaped the hold. Then Tanahashi went up onto the uh, ran the ropes. Moxie hit him with a clothesline. There was a cover kick out, rear naked choke again, and then there was the paradigm shift. Do you remember? Uh, it must have been the paper. It must have been the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania 17, where um, all these guys got thrown out, and there was that moment where Austin was slumped in the corner. 
bloodied and battered on one side of the ring and the rock was slumped in the corner bloodied and battered on the other side of the ring i do remember the camera caught it just perfectly as the two of them just glared at each other yeah there's a moment at the end of this where moxley is slumped in the corner got the aw belt around his shoulder he's absolutely pissing blood it's just all over him and tanahashi slumped in the corner the other side of the ring just staring daggers at them and the two of them are looking at each other like this match was in-ring amazing storytelling amazing absolute just drama amazing and the fact that as we said right back at the start the fact that it is building on a story without it necessarily having to happen like on dynamite next week or whatever you know this is something you could circle back in a year oh man everything but this was was outstanding it was uh so what i mean it's one of the shows there are these shows that you kind of have to watch wrestlemania 17 is one um i think this is probably up there this kind of goes into the annals of one of the most important wrestling shows in history not for its content and why its content is incredible but also for what it has achieved yeah definitely and like, and like we said at the start the fact that it leaves so much on the table because of the injured wrestlers the fact that it leaves so many future opportunities in terms of stardom ring of honor impact like i mean you get rid of all the tribalism and you just look at this as a wrestling fan man you should be getting really excited about this absolutely absolutely so we're gonna leave it there again if you haven't seen it do um I'm going to have to look into that fight subscription myself, I think, Martin. You've kind of sold me on it. <laughs> um, I'm here to, to yeah. sell stuff for fight, but you can't argue with, what is it, three ninety nine, dollars something like that. For... I mean, if, if they want to sponsor the show, we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, gladly. Dro- we dropped them an email, didn't we? <laughs> I dropped them an email. Uh, I mean, I'm still waiting for us to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, but, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we must be the only goddamn wrestling podcast not sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends at this stage. You oh, know, like, I mean, what do you call him? If Adam, if Adam Blampier goes and takes a piss, it's sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. I mean, our email, you know, we, we were easy to reach. But um, no, with that said, folks, I uh, do want to promote uh, Nerdtono Media. Go over to nerdtonomedia.com, check us out, therestingrewind.com. Uh, we're on YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. And of course, we're here on the True Penny Channel and Phoenix 92.5 FM. Martin, anything you want to plug other than the Fight Network? Yes, stretching. Still back, still, still a bit crippled, but uh, I went to training this morning and we had our, um, we had our, what's called a test week, where right. you, you do your best. Um, it only happens every two months. Obviously, I couldn't do the deadlifts because my back's mangled. Obviously, I couldn't do the squats because my back's mangled. But I uh, did the bench press and right. uh, hit 115 kg in the bench press. And it was purely because of the various uh, stretches and stuff that the guys had shown me beforehand. Wow. So Fair stretch, point. stretch. Folks, do stretch. It's uh, it's very, very important. And oh, a nice warm-up and cool-down are very important as well. So And, and drink water. Yeah, hydration is important. So and folks, sign up to fight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week here on the Wrestling Rewind. But guys, until then, take care. Goodbye. Keep our left. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.